Welcome one and all to episode 15 of the A-Strings podcast. Welcome, Adam. Hello. Greetings, Tom. Hello. We okay? I'm fine. Good. Tom, are you okay? Good. Rattled by yesterday's Game of Thrones? Um, are you shook, as the kids say? People unhappy. People unhappy at all, from what I gather. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What's, well, they, is this just like a non-committal? You can say something without spoiling it. There's no spoilers. You can just say whether you were happy you're, you're or not. You've been privileged was, to watch it before everyone else. <laughs> I was disappointed. <laughs> a lot of people are sick. So I went to Cardiff earlier on because I had a horrendous 24 hours with first world problems. And I, I, I'm in two minds whether to tell you the story. But basically my Apple Watch broke. So I went into town to get it sorted. Uh, oh, did I tell you what happened afterwards? So you saw what it was like last night. Yeah. You told me so about it. Basically, what happened was the, the top of the, the face of the watch just popped off. Mm. Um, so it was like hanging off when you saw it. And I likened it to like when you're younger and you know that a tooth is about to kind of come out, but you just haven't got, you don't want to pull it off. You know, you're trying to use the other part of your mouth to try and yeah. not use it so it doesn't fall out. And this morning, because I'm absolutely ridiculously obsessed with closing the rings on this watch, I thought that I'd try and get, you know, just a couple of hours of, you know, just walking about and just... Mm. So clo- closing the rings is a fitness thing, is it? Yeah. Right, yeah. okay. <laughs> yes, Adam. Okay, just check. So this morning, I've just gone through my, you know, morning routine, and I was spraying deodorant under my armpits, and I did, I put my left arm, uh, I sprayed my left arm, with my right arm up and I dragged it out completely oh. forgetting it was there and the face of this watch just ripped off and went to the oh. floor and shattered into smithereens. Now, you know, I had a case before for it being, uh, you know, a defect. Uh, luckily, I took a picture of what it was like before, yeah. but now I had to go into the shop Thank fronted God. up with this kind of smash screen. And to be fair, they said that the reason why the screen would have popped off in the first place because the the battery cells would have expanded and kind of popped the... It's crazy. You know. So they said, it's going to go off and they're going to fight my corner, but because I was such an idiot with regards to wearing it when I shouldn't have been wearing it, well, there's extra damage caused now and that might be chargeable. And I just feel, yeah. Anyway, going back to what we were talking about, I heard four different conversations going on today with people who I wasn't in conversation with saying how... They've managed to royally mess up Game of Thrones right at the very end, and they can't see how this last episode is going to redeem for all of the kind of. They um, have been messing up for a little while now. Have actually. they? Yes. And do you think that there's anything that can happen in that last hour of television next week that is going to make it, you know, it, going to redeem it? No, really. Unless it's like a dream, like in Dallas. Well, <laughs> <laughs> the. I did read somebody saying maybe this is all a dream from like seven years ago or something like that. But then it doesn't make sense then, does it? You know, it's not the end of Game of Thrones. No, and then it's like a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I couldn't no, no, care less. <laughs> this is the news.
So, shop news. Blackstar events selling well. Yeah, more or less sold out, I think. That's good. Um, By the time this goes out, I think the way it's going, you know, we shouldn't have any tickets left by the end of the week. No, I'd be very surprised. Blackstar released the kind of clinic tour poster today. Yeah, a couple more. I I thought it was four dates, but it's six by the looks of it, is it? Yeah, so it's uh, an Anderton's date, then us, then there's two guitar guitars, a Dawson's, and then a guitar guitar again. Farewell show, is it, for Dawson's? (laughs) (laughs) Meow. Um, I... yeah, I think that we've got the best day in as much as it's a Friday night. Yeah, you know, definitely. It's, we haven't done a Friday night event before, have we? No, they've always been midweeky kind of things, haven't they? Mm. Yeah. If you can hear some low-level kind of bass going on in the background, uh, we've changed location for this uh, this episode for reasons that will become clear later on. Um, and it seems that we can hear the tanning shop next door even more than we can at the front. Yeah, so in our normal location, which is the video room. Which is literally it's, like five meters yeah, just the other way. Yeah, know, it's not far. Yeah, we seem to have less. There isn't actually a bed, is there, right at the front of the shop? No. So, yeah, we're, we're right amongst the uh, tanners. We were thinking of going on location, as we mentioned a couple of... Yeah, bags were packed as well. It was good. <laughs> yeah. Looking forward to sitting in a deck chair and... You're so resentful. Sipping a margarita. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, we, we'll um, we'll get we'll get sorted with um, some exotic locations. Trashlin, <laughs> the common, <laughs> massacred. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll um, yeah, we will get out and about because there's a couple of reasons. One um, to do the feature, but also it's so damn hot in that front room. Yeah, Tom comes out just looking dishevelled. He, he looks like um. What was that? A wizzled gummage. <laughs> hair everywhere. <laughs> Ruddy cheeked. Just because you've had a haircut. I have had a haircut. Adam's dad did the haircut. And unless I put product on it, it looks a little I look a little bit simple. And I haven't put product on it today. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have you all been taking the mic of me then? No. Because no. okay. your hair's great, Tom. Right. Let's not resort to petty insults. Um, so the Blackstar event, that was good. Yeah. Um, we just got, today we put the first of the ukulele videos up. Yeah. At last. <laughs> Not being funny, but you know, this process was meant to save us time. Six weeks on, and we just put the first video up. So it was a good video, nice and concise, very different in style to your type of video ad. Yeah. Um, and I think that it's aimed at a different... Um, different kind of beast really isn't it you know the um the people who will tune into your you know the 40 or so people that watch your videos mm-hmm. well you know i think that they expect something different from guitar related video especially electric guitar related video so yeah you know this is a very kind of factual non kind of personality driven video yeah i th- and i think that the guitar-based ones because there's so many big entertainment channels now like Anderson's and the Pedal Show and things like that that are entertainment as well as factual. You've got to yeah. be because yeah. you'll get lost. Whereas I think the folk market, at least at the moment... It does seem to be a more non- no-nonsense kind of market, doesn't it? Yeah. 
you know, they want to know what they're getting. They don't want to be sold a story in the same way that, you know, I think guitarists like to be romanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. buying into a bit of heritage and history is a big part of that, which is why, you know, the big dozen or so manufacturers rule the rule the market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, the, you know, the five or ten or whatever it is, you know, the top ten manufacturers, I imagine, will account for something like 85% of the market. Yeah. You know, in, in any given kind of sector, so. Yeah. If you're looking for a folk instrument, yeah, you you, you know, you just want to know yeah. what it is. You don't want to know about what's been going on in the presenter's Why life. Why they changed factories in 1950, whatever. Yeah. Mm. Um, so that's there. Go and watch that. Yep. Go and troll that one. Quite a cool uh, little thing popped up on Facebook yesterday. Yes. Do you want to tell the listeners what uh, what you saw? Because you you let us know. Our favourite brand, Shergold. Mm-hmm. So James Dean Bradfield from the Manic Street Preachers came in to us back in September. He's been in plenty of times since, but he was in September and it was the first time he'd come into the shop, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, um, I think so. Where we're located now and spent a few hours here having a look around and fell in love with Shergold Masquerader, yeah. the P91, which is, what's that, the SM1? Yeah. And, yeah, he tried it, he tried the others, and, you know, he absolutely loved the, the sound of it, the feel, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he bought it. Um, he got in touch with us afterwards saying that it's an absolutely amazing guitar, he can't put it down, he loved it, that, this, that, and the other. And lo and behold, they started their tour in Dublin on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And for from what I gather, like with any gig now, within a few hours of it happening, it's up on YouTube yeah. or it's on Periscope or whatever it is. Yeah. And on some significant songs like Design for Life, which is the, the closer, um, No Service or Feeling, and a lot of other kind of, the, they're doing their gigs in these shows in kind of two halves. So right. they got the first half, which is the This Is My Truth, Tell Me Yours album in full. Right, okay. Because it's the 20th anniversary of that. And the second half is Greatest Hits. Right, okay. And the uh, this the Share Gold is f- featuring prominently, I believe, in the second half. Yeah, because I was going to ask about the whether they were staying kind of true to the gear that they used on the album for the album no. sound. Oh, well, actually, that's wrong. In places they are. Right, okay. So I've seen that he's using a um, Rickenbacker 12-string for, if you tolerate this. Mm-hmm. And I, I never realised there was a 12-string Rickenbacker in that song. It sounds right. just like a... He always played it on a six-string and... Um, yeah, the video at a normal is is white Gibson kind yeah. of thing. So, um, so I think they are bringing out guitars for for certain songs. Needed. He's using like a, a electric sitar for tsunami and for I'm not working and mm. I'm a big Manix fan, as you probably <laughs> realise. And they uh, so their second guitarist is he? They've actually got. Th- two guitarists oh well yeah as well as obviously James yeah there's this one guy who's been with him for about 10 years and like he's I think that he 
is as much a kind of member of the live band as as anyone know. But then they've got this other guy who does a bit of uh, does a little bit of guitar work as well. He's the one who came along to the fifth birthday night with James and the other guy. Oh right, right, okay. So yeah, I don't know really if they, uh, my favorite Mannix sound is when it's just the three of them playing, maybe with a keyboardist. I think yeah. that when they've got that level of kind of danger, yeah, you know, where everything can fall apart and sometimes does, that's the most enjoyable. But at the end of the day, the songs are not easy to sing. The guitar parts aren't easy to play. And, you know, it gets to the point whereby you kind of think, well, you know, if you can have supporting musicians, why wouldn't you have supporting musicians? Yeah. Um, same key as well. Yeah. As... He's a force of nature. We, we've we seen him a couple of times, haven't we, in the yeah. last few years. So a couple of years ago, they did the Everything Must Go 20th anniversary mm. in Swansea, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. In the stadium. And then they did Holy Bible in Cardiff Castle. That's right. And the Cardiff Castle one was, uh, I don't know if at home, if you listen to this, if you've heard the Holy Bible, but it's a very, very dark album. But the guitar parts in it are unreal. But not only the guitar parts are, Kind of doing one thing, but the lyrics it was Richie Edwards's kind of masterpiece. This thing, so you've got poetry, you've not, and, and prose. You've not got lyrics. You've not got your kind of um, da 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 da. You know, it's it's the the words are kind of just these ridiculous kind of. You know, they're not designed for a singer to kind of sing. So, yeah. you know, the way that he wrote the music around that and the way that he sings it while playing these parts, when they did the Holy Bible uh, set in the castle, it was just the three of them. You know, they didn't have any backing musicians at all for that part. Then they brought him out for the greatest hits part after right. that. So watching him do that, you know, it's whether you like the music or not, it's a sight to behold because he is such an underrated and phenomenal musician, I think. Hmm. So they've got backing musicians with all the This Is My Truth stuff for this tour because I think they did. Oh, okay, right. They certainly had a, um, a keyboardist, but there's, it's one of those albums that is quite layered, so I think they need the extra musicians for that. Yeah, because they've got that kind of signature sound with all the strings, haven't they? Yeah. It's, that's a very Mannix kind of sound. Yeah. So is that kind of where that all that stuff started coming in, or is it was it there earlier? Everything must go was where they started really getting doing the strings and stuff. Thing, but yeah, this is my truth. Was nowhere near as heavy, but you had lots of different sounds going on and stuff. Yeah, but the vocals in that album are probably the best vocals he's ever done. You know, because the range on the guy phenomenal in full voice as well. Yeah, the need to go full center. James using an A strings Shergold was very uh, yeah very nice to see yeah and uh, we've had the Shergold guys contact us already saying oh fantastic thank you very much and can you get <laughs> one of these put one of these in his hands as well and yeah I said to him earlier I said I've never known anybody turn down a free guitar you know, so but they've got that new which one do they want to give him the, uh, the provo- provo- oh, prov- provocateur provocateur which is like the single cut looking thing and yeah yeah yeah. yeah. There's, as we said earlier, you know, when you've got access to stuff, you know, why wouldn't you just, you know, use what you want? So he's never ever going to 
lay down his Les Paul. No. And his Telecasters and his whatever else. Yeah. But, yeah, he really, yeah, I think it's the first, I think it's the biggest artist so far to have played a, a Shergold, to my knowledge anyway. Yeah, of these new generation, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Of, of the kind of Mark II kind of range. So in up to, well, the most up-to-date shop news was probably going to be our Boss Roland situation, isn't it? Mm. And I don't think we've mentioned it in the podcast before. If we have, we apologize, but we are going to just update on that. It's a tough one. Yeah. Give us your thoughts of where we are with it. I'd like to maybe find out what the listeners would do. So I, I think we have touched on it in the past, whereby it's a brand that we we really like to do. It's a market leader. You know, you expect to see it in the guitar shop, but it is impossible to make any money from it. And they, they're quite vigilant with regards to dealerships and, you know, they realize that, you know, we haven't really ordered much from them for a little while. They updated their dealer contracts back about a month or two ago and we still haven't signed ours and sent it back yet because we're undecided as to, first of all, what level of dealership to go for, mm-hmm. but then... You know, kind of thing. Is there any point in going for any of them? Yeah. Now, the quandary I think is convenience and customer retention versus actually trying to run a business and turn a profit. Yeah. Turning a profit means that we can afford to pay our rent, our electricity, and our council tax, and our wages, and you know, and VAT, and all that kind of thing. If we don't turn a profit and we can't afford those things, well, we've got no business. So what do you do? Do you take on a... You know, they're not just saying, we want you to buy a couple of hundred quids worth of pedals just to keep us happy kind of thing. What they're asking for is us to commit to an entire range of pedals to amplifiers and all the rest of it. Um, Spend about five grand's worth of money, our money, to buy gear that we're actually if we're going to price match people online we're going to probably walk away with you know just over four thousand pounds worth of of money you know so that doesn't make sense you know you can't run a business like that making a loss but there's never been great money to be made in boss ever you know it's been one of those it's been the tightest of all of the um the margins that we've got boss and roland that is so what do you do do you do what you can to keep a customer and um, provide the product as a uh, as a convenience, or do you actually stand your ground and say, "Do you know what? You know, until they get the courage to kind of back up the smaller independent dealers, yeah, as as well as looking after the bigger dealers." Because if you notice, all the big guys out there, you know, you type in DS one, and you could be able to find them in dozens of places, but they're all the big guys. You look at the small independents and they can't afford to do it. So there's obviously a better deal going on for your chains and for your big high turnover um, shops. Yeah. So we're obviously not as important because they're not offering us any kind of sweeteners or favorable terms. We, I said, when I spoke to them last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I said, listen, 
we need a bit of assistance with this. You know, we can't just go in and make an order for, you know, given the prices that they've given us and all the rest of it. What can you do for us? So they the suggestion was to double the order. So as opposed to it being a £5,000 order, make it a £10,000 order. And on the the on Extra, the doublers that yeah. we're getting, on the extras, they'll give us 10% off that. So basically, 5% off the entire order. But they've got £10,000 off us instead of £5,000. So again, that 5% is not going to make up for the amount that we're going to lose. No. For, through buying their products. So what would I be gutted not to stock in the shop? Um, things like DS1s, there's a hundred different distortion pedals out there that does a better job yep. for the same kind of price. Yep. So I'm not bothered about that. Um, tuners, we got better tuners. You know, I've always said, even when we've done Boss, you know, we got better tuners. Um, there are certain pedals out there that Boss are renowned for and they do really, really well, better than anyone else, really. Or maybe they were the first ones to do it. So things like the Wazacraft C2s, you know, where you've got the C1 um, function, you're not going to get that from anything else. So, you know, that'll be something we'd lose. They've got fantastic, you know, the DD3s and DD7s, you know, they've got, um, they're a staple bread and butter product. Yeah. Um, more than anything, the RC3 and 30. Uh, with regards to loopers, they're the most well-known, well-branded, and yeah. easiest to sell. You know, yeah. Uh, in as much as people come in asking, have we got a boss looper? We say, yeah, there it is. You know, it, it, it's that easy. Amp-wise, the Katanas, the Katana 50s especially, uh, amazing amplifiers. Yeah. You know, uh, just because we're down on the brand because we're not getting what we need from them, it doesn't mean that we're so blinkered to think that they're crap. They're absolutely not. They're, it's a brilliant brand. And the Katana is an absolute, it's just a go-to amp, isn't it? You know, people have 200 pounds seems to be a, a mental kind of price point with regards to, I've they've either had a, you know, a not so good amplifier that's been part of a pack and they want to upgrade, they want to get effects and this, that, and the other. Or um, they've got something like an old Line 6 and they want something that's going to be current. And the two, the 199 price point on those um, really have, we've sold dozens and dozens of them. Yeah. We? Yeah. They're your favorite amp in that category. Personally, yeah. I've preferred the GT40 because, you know, stereo speakers and this, that, and the other. But... It is a brilliant, brilliant amplifier. So I'd miss that. So why can't we just do those and nothing else? Because they want a commitment from us. They want, yeah. if we, we can only do the Katana 50s, if we also do Katana 100s and the cubes and um, street cubes, all of which are trashed online and we can't make a profit on. If we want to sell the RC3s and the RC30s, we've got to stock some like 20 or 25 other pedals, individual pedals, in order to stock those. So, um, Well, we did a we it, did a comparison the other did, day. So we said, right, so let's try and do this intelligently. Let's go through the entire BOSS um, range and find out what pedals we could sell, matching um, the big guys out there, Make a profit, um, make a profit on, and be able to. Um, that would allow us to stock these other things. Yeah, and we weren't able to get through the list. 
Uh, no, there was there was nothing. There was nothing online. No, that was RRP. No, um, or, or even and, close. You know, there are there were there are a few shops doing the, it or trying the, to sell it at RRP. The thing is, um, we're all free to be able to sell items of what we value the product at. Okay, and you've got people out there that they rely on high turnover. So you, you guys who have got fifty warehouse workers packing guitars, scanning barcodes, just packing things out. Yeah. They're the ones who are bringing the price down because they're trying to get market share. When it comes to the independents like us, so today we had a guy come in and I spent 45 minutes with him trying out a pedal. And that's what you get when you come into a shop. You get the expertise and the time from the staff. Yeah. And, you know, the conveniences that you got within the shop with regards to you know, trying out it, trying it through a particular base amp, then trying it through a different base amp. So you go through this entire process, and then at the end of it, not that this guy asked me to match any prices or anything, but what happens is, especially with the boss stuff, because it is uh, a market leader, you'll go through all of this, and then they'll ask you to match a price that you're making a, a loss on. Yeah, and it it just doesn't work. You know, I, I've laboured the point in previous podcasts and, and now. So I don't want to go on about it too much longer. But I'm very, very eager to, you know, we've been talking about it for two or three weeks and we've kind of, we think we've made up our minds with regards to it. We think that it might be the right time to say, do you know what, not right now, boss. You know, nothing's ever a closed book. No, you know, that's th- the thing. It's if, not. If, we, <laughs> if we went to them in six months' time and said, right, okay, we'd like to buy 25 pedals off you, please. They're not going to say no. You know, we're, we're not going to burn bridges. It's not going to be a, a big hoo-ha. But um, I think that it might be the right time to, you know, put an arm's length between us and them until it's more feasible to do so. Yeah. But then you get these waves of, oh, sorry, should we, just, should we just do it? Bite the bullet. You know, what do you do? So I'm quite keen to know what, uh, what the podcast uh, fellowship would um, would do? Yeah, you know, t- like, t- I guess taking into account what we've said, there's a couple of questions there, isn't it? You know, the, the first question is, you know, would you do it or not? And if you did it, if if you told us to, you know, yeah, you should do it. Would you expect online rates or you know the price that we're charging? Uh, I, I'm not comfortable charging more than is widely available at UC. You know, something like that GT1000 out mm. there, we lost our shirts on it the moment it came in through the door. You know, it was a brand new product a year ago and people decided that they were going to sell it at cost. I think the bigger guys had a better deal on it well, because yeah. there's no way that they can afford to sell it. It's been sold through the, you know, multiple play- channels online for £730. We were selling for £870. I can't look somebody in the eye and charge them £140 more for a pedal. No. But that £140 was the VAT and the uh, it, all the charges to come out of that. By the time we come off the back of that, of that £870 pedal, I think we were earning around about 50, 60 quid from it anyway, which isn't 10%. Mm. You know, which certainly isn't a day's wages for, you know, anybody... Yeah, working here, which isn't, you know, all the other costs that we've, you know, gone on about. 
and on and on. So, you know, for us to sell that pedal now, we've had it in stock for a year. For us to sell it, we've got to be as good or better than online. And, you know, we've made a loss on this. It's a so, loss, yeah. Yeah. But by not doing the boss, it always gives us a chance to do something else. Well, that's the other thing. You know, we're, we're not putting our efforts into one thing. You know, it's it's not like money magically appears for us to straight away do something else. But you no. kind of think, well, do you know what? You know, that's not working for us. You know, let's have a look at Earthquake we've been looking at for, you know, ages, haven't it? Um, what are the other ones we've been... Uh, so, we, I mean, we are getting for someone the head rush board yeah. but headrush would take the place of something like the gt1000 the big yeah. sort of you know the big mothership kind of thing yeah uh amps wise you know we've pulled focus away from the mustangs a little bit with you know and where the katanas were going so well and you know it, we had a conversation where we kind of need to fall back in love with mm. what we've got you know yeah yeah it's not like we're lacking options no, but uh, what would the audience like to see? Yeah. Anything in particular? Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, I guess, you know, in the Katana range, you know, kind of level, if you're looking through it, you've got the Fender Mustangs, you've got Valvetronics, yeah. you've got the Code from Marshall, you've got the Core from, uh, from Blackstar. Blackstar. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very well, um, it's a very healthy marketplace. And... There's not really a dud amongst them. You know, we've certainly got our favourites. And, you know, with them become more computer orientated, some are more buggy than others, maybe. See, the, the Fender one, I think, had it all. You know, the app is yeah. better than, you know, there's no app on the Katana. You know, it, 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 it's got stereo speakers. It's got, you know, all the different bits. And, you know, that, that was my favourite of the lot yeah. for those reasons. And it's the same kind of price point as the Katana, you know. It's and you've got the, you know, you've got these new boys coming in. You've got the the LT twenty five, which is the Fender one. Yeah, it's like one two nine or something. Yeah. The Vox, the VT fifteen, is one two nine. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you're getting these, you know, modelling sounds. Yeah. For so you know, less it's, again. Yeah. So, well, in actual fact, for one nine nine, you're looking at well, it's not even that now, but you're looking at MV fifty money as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. you're looking at new tube loaded stuff. But yeah, like you said, there's options out there, and there's mm. there's a plethora of of products. To yeah, look at I'd be really interested. You know, there's you know on a weekly basis, I see that you know we're starting to get a little bit of momentum with regards to people listening to us. We don't have a great deal of you kind of um, get uh, in touch with us, whether it's on comments or anything like that. So, so I really would appreciate it if maybe you could um, drop us a, a comment or a message, just to let us know what your thoughts are. And, you know, we will take your comments into deep consideration. And? Yeah. We have a biscuit. You can have a biscuit. I think I'm after the pass. It's time for... Biscuit News! Okay, so let's quickly talk about who's brought us bits in over the week. So last week we had Matt in, Matt Longbottom. And we badgered him. Well, yes, he was on the podcast last week, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was. We gave him a bit of a hard time for not bringing us anything in. And he was waiting for us to open. And he's parked out there. And then all of a sudden, he realized he'd forgotten biscuits. So he went down to Sainsbury's. And i got to say, he made a bit of a big deal over just a 
standard pack of biscuits that we've had a few times. Um, not rubbish in Matt. Sainsbury's like, oaten, oat and raisin cookies. Yeah, yeah they were nice. Yeah. They were great. But, you know, you was talking about them like they're these kind of amazing kind of mystical biscuits that have been... Not, no one's put a raisin in a hobnob before. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. So you, you, you come in and you had a big, you know, he's grinning from ear to ear. You know, look what I brought you kind of thing. Thank you very much. I'm not, I'm not being complacent. I do Absolutely appreciate it. But, you know, Blackstar brought us like three packs of biscuits. Marshall brought us about two or three packs of biscuits. Kind of got up your game, mate. So anyway, thank you, Matt. They were lovely. Yeah, yeah thanks, Matt. Tick the box, thank Matt. Yeah. There we go. Box ticker, Matt. <laughs> that, that'll wind him up. <laughs> <laughs> that'll really wind him up. And it'll, it'll delight his colleagues. Yeah. Anyway. The, the biggest... Of of the deliveries was from our newest friend Christina. So Christina Reeves uh, fell in love with a guild, and the size of her heart can only be compared to the gesture of bringing in such a wonderful array of biscuits. So this was unbelievable. So she came in on Saturday to buy. This is what boggles me, right? Is people coming in? They're coming in to spend money. Mm-hmm and buy things from us, but then bring us things yeah. <laughs> to say thank you for... Exactly. I, yeah. And then you got suppliers that you can't earn any money off. And do you know what? We haven't seen a boss rep for a year and a half. Yeah. And even then, I don't think there were biscuits. Don't think so. I don't think so. A big game rolling. Unbelievable. Only down the road? Mm. Yeah, brothers. <laughs> So Christina came in with a carrier bag. Now this carrier bag could have been anything, mm. but this carrier bag was absolutely like full of things for us. Really, like what? Uh, double chocolate chip mini muffins. Mm. Little, uh, say little a box of. Mm. Uh, we've got a tin of biscuits, which are just over to my right. Which um, I'm not sure what they are, but that's a fancy tin of biscuits right there. Yeah. And there was a box of tunnocks. Tunks tea cakes. Oh. And I had to hide the last one so that Glyn had one because there was only one left yesterday and I wanted to make sure he got one so I hid it. <laughs> I didn't have one. Uh, well, this was, the com- this was the dilemma. I rung Tom and I said... Oh, hang on. The dilemma being, how many, pe- how many did you have? One. No, I how j- many did I you have? One. How many did you have? One. How many did you have? One. How many did Tristan have? Four. Well, no, it would have been... Yeah, it would have been three then. No, it would have been well, three. Chris. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, so maybe Chris had one. Chris. Okay, so t- Tristan had two. Chris had one. You two had one. One each, yeah. But th- so this was the dilemma, and I rung Tom today saying, I've hidden a Tanax, but I can't decide which Morgan to give it to. You chose right, actually. And actually, his face when I showed him, it yeah. was, I was like, yeah, I've chosen It's worth it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fired. Mm. You just blamed it on me. You've had that wide-eyed, sugary look on you for the last few days. <laughs> Christina, thank you. So I've got a bit of a plan for next week. You are sorry? I've got a bit of a plan for next week. What? We should do... Biscuits wise. Healthy snack news. <laughs> so we all have to bring in a healthy snack. I don't like celery, so don't... Well... Uh, just from the outset, well, I, I won't eat any celery. I do like celery. You like celery? Yeah. Oh, just smell that. I'm not editing you sitting there crunching celery like a rabbit. That's just not happening. But we'll, we'll, we'll bring in a healthy snack. Seriously, smell that. It's dreamlike. 
Now for my mother biscuits. <laughs> Thomas. I've got another bit of shop news. So in the midst of biscuit news, we have a yeah. we have a breaking breaking news. I had a text from Pete Moundron earlier on. Okay. And he said, Brian May out of Queen said you can borrow our old case for the shop. You'll need a van. So we've had confirmation we're gonna be getting the one of the old um Queen fly cases for the shop. Nice. Uh, but um should we tell them about the the video series we're gonna have a go at doing? Yes. Mm. Yeah, I think so. So um it seems the more specific and um kind of geeky the videos we do, the better the um better the viewership. And I think it's more interesting maybe than they are. You know, so with things like the Wilkinson pickup um, slash pickup swap. Um yeah. the trem or no trem video. And the the M V fifty Brian May ones we've done. Yeah. They were very good. They've all gained a lot of, um, yeah, a, a, a lot of interest. Yeah. So we decided to put some of the geeky knowledge that we got with regards to the Red Special and the Prime May stuff to good use. And we're going to be doing a series of videos looking up all of the guitars that have been available commercially, um, Red Special-wise. Um, I think it'll be probably like an ongoing thing We'll dedicate an episode per guitar, so we'll go through the Guyton, the Guilds, the the current BMG, the old Burns, and I know quite a lot of people with different um, bits of um, gear out there, so we'll, as and when um, we can get hold of certain guitars, we'll we'll bring them in for a, for a review. Definitely. So Tom and I are kind of working on a format at the moment. Just yep. See how it will um, how it'll pan out, and I asked Pete if we could borrow an '84 Guild, and apparently they've given the one that I think he had a few, but he's given them all away to like hard rock cafes and like auctions and all that kind of thing. Oh, okay, so they've not actually got an '84 Guild. So right. I'm gonna have to try and find one from somewhere. I always wanted one, and they've rocketed in price this last like two years now. I bet. Mm. Hey ho. So we're going to have a bit of playing from you for the feature today, aren't we? Well, it's a bit of a mix and match, really, because what we're going to do is we're taking a video idea that we have and we are putting it into the podcast. Okay. So today's main feature is the PRS SEs, and it's the standard and the custom. Mm. And what we're going to do is tone test the difference between the two. Mm. We've got two double cut SEs and two single cut SEs. Um, appointments wise and everything like that, very, very, very similar. Um, obviously different pickups in, in each, but you know, both guitars between each of are ex- essentially exactly the same. Mm. And what we're going to do just for a bit of fun is stick a blindfold on you on me. And you're going to see if you can tell the difference by feel. The good thing with these guitars, if you I've never played them, <laughs> <laughs> the good thing with these guitars is I don't think by feel you're going to be able to tell which one's which. Okay. The the single cut has got a slight difference. They've got compensated saddles, but we'll just make sure you avoid I, d- I don't know which them. one's what. So like Oh, that's fine then. Yeah. That's absolutely fine then. So, I like PRSs, but 
they've never interested me as a guitar that I'd use. So okay, I, yeah, yeah. I really don't know a great deal about them. Yeah, well, that's fine. So what we'll do, I think, is we will... Shall we make this whole thing a blind test? Hmm. And see if you can tell the difference between the two? Yeah. Would you like to play while you're blindfolded? Um, or do you want to do the feel test afterwards? Oh, do, do it all? Yeah. I think you'd be all right, wouldn't you? Let's get the bag on his head. Okay, so we're going to leave you with some dulcet club beats while we put uh, the blindfold on Andrew and ridiculous, get him set up. Here we go. So for everyone listening at home, we are running through the Blackstar Studio 10 6L6. That's mic'd up with a 57 into our interface where we're all going into right now. Um, Andrew is being blindfolded. And, nice and tight, Tom. And then blindfold him. And then... Yes, sir. So we're going to hand you... My ears because I won't be able to hear anything. That is true. So Andrew is now blindfolded and we are going to hand him guitar number one. Do plectrum or do I need plectrum? It's completely up to you. Would you like a plectrum? Um, Would you prefer a plectrum? Yes. Okay, I'll get you a plectrum. So, guitar... No, actually, no, I don't. No. Oh, okay, he doesn't. Guitar number one is going into your hands now. So, this is, one of obviously, one of the single-cut models. So, by feel... Have a little, have a little Mose. Tom, if you can plug him in. We did prepare and tune them. They've gone slightly out where it's quite warm today. Cool. So if you just want to hit, so perfect. I'm trying to be clever about it, and <clears throat> you know, a, you know, trying to feel you know features that certain ones have got. Okay. But, um, from the outset, I'd say the the nut on this one doesn't feel like it's completely flush with the neck. So okay, I, I imagine this is going to be one of the SEs or something. Have I got to choose between? Well, they're all. This is the thing. They're all SEs. Okay, right. So you're choosing. You've got a standard and a custom. So there's no push poles or anything like that on the uh, single cuts. So it's just your three positions. Okay. So you don't have to make a guess yet, because obviously you haven't felt the other one to compare. So that is single cut one. Tom, if you can pass him single cut two. So just tell the listeners what you're doing, because you you're having a bit of a fondle. Mm, yeah. So, so first thing I'm checking is the nut. This one is better fit feels the you know they're both glossy necks this one feels a thicker lacquer okay which confused me a bit because slightly lighter um we're just moving the mic slightly closer to your hand so don't um no it's fine just don't um 
lunge forward. Mm. There you go. Right. Yeah, that's who you are. Um, yeah. The the pickups sound a little bit darker. So seem to be the clarity that the other ones had you know it sounds a bit kind of duller this one so a bit confused because it doesn't sound as good as the other one but the nut feels a bit tidier okay um the lacquer feels thicker which makes me leads me to believe that it might be the the standard as opposed to the custom right okay so you're saying that the guitar so you're saying that the guitar guitar one was the custom, and yeah. guitar two is the standard, yeah? I'd say going from how it sounds and the uh, the, the the feel of the lacquer and yeah, it's a bit lighter as well. I'd say this is the standard. No problem at all. So we're now going to pass you one of the double cuts. So for people listening, these are made in two very different places in the world. They are in two different factories. It's not uh, the same production line at all. Okay, so this is a double cut. Now what you've got here is a three-way selector and you've got a push-pull on the tone. There we go. Thoughts, feels wise. Um, if I play a dud note, it's because I can't see what I'm playing. <laughs> but usually, I'm very good. well. Unbelievably, he he is blindfolded. Um, again, you got a, a thick kind of. On this, um, We're now changing over to the last of the guitars. This is the second double cut. Okay, so this is the second. Um, thoughts on the feel? I'm just distracted. Mm, this sounds nicer. Much more defined, much nicer sound. Okay. I feel this is the best one of the lot so far. Okay. Um, yeah. Playing in B flat. Yeah, this one 
feels the neatest. It feels the best setup so far. Okay. Um, heavier than the last one, definitely. Right. Um, I'd say this is the custom. The other one was the standard. Lovely job. So, Tom, do you want to take that one away? Got it. Yep. And if you leave your blindfold on, just while we uh, put things back. There we go. You may remove your blindfold. Can you remove the mask? You can. The mask? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can un- unzip the mouth and uh, <laughs> <laughs> take the mask off. Okay. Let that one slip. So, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about the single cuts first. Okay. So, I think that the big decider really was, I guess, pickup sound, was it, mm-hmm. for you? Yeah. So, the, the, the out of the single cuts, the first one you, you chose, the first one that you felt had brighter, a brighter, more, a more presence mm. than the second, mm. which was darker. So, your guess... Oh, yeah. Um, but the first one, I wasn't impressed with the... Um, the custom than that. Okay, that's interesting. So you guessed that the first one was the custom and the second was the standard, right. right? They were the other way around. Whoa. So I think based on the the nut that the nut was the same on the double cuts, yeah. that could easily be the tell then that that finish isn't quite as ah. as refined then on yeah. the standards. Um maybe the brightness is you know this. Maybe we've mis- mistook brightness for a lack of warmth. Maybe, maybe. But playability-wise, um, much difference. Do you know what they all played really, really well? Okay. You know, there wasn't um, there wasn't a, a dud amongst them. You know, they were all nice and easy to play. You know, comfortable. And um, yeah, I, you know, no sharp frets. Um, just. You know, a good, a, a good play. You know, something like the, you know, the, the cut of a nut at the top and at the bottom of the neck kind of thing. Yeah. You know, if it's in the right place, you know. Yeah, if it's well, if it's know, doing what, its job, what I think exactly you are definitely you know you're looking from an experienced eye. Ironically, being blindfolded, but yeah, you 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 were looking for little things like that. Little things that would give me telltale signs as to why one would be the other, you know. So. You were cheating is what you were doing. <laughs> so the first one was the So the first one was the standard. Right. The second one was the custom of the single cuts. Mm. Double cuts, you were you were bang on and I think I had the headphones on to listen through the interface, but even I could hear through that the difference in sound mm. between them. Yeah. The 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 custom which was so the two you tried was the white uh, right. Standard and then the the tobacco custom, uh, it just sound yeah the sound was so much better yeah that um, it was obvious. The last one I tried was by far the everything clicked you know like the, the sound the um, just the way it felt yeah the thickness of the lacquer definitely has a um, an impact I think on how nice something kind of feels to play yeah and the, the last one seem to have the, the perfect balance of, you know, it's a gloss back of the neck, but it, it still felt nice and comfortable to play. Yeah, and I think, you know, we're, we're still going to do the video, I think, and it seems like it's a worthwhile video to do. If, if you told me that it was, um, if that last one might have been an S2 or something, I'd have... Um, believed it. Believed it, not knowing what the S2 specs are. So 
you know, looking over there at the S2s, well, are they sat in back so, the well, so you would know. Yeah, so the, the, yeah, the S2s generally are sat in. I mean, this, the, the single cut semi-hollow is, is gloss, but of the double cuts that, especially the ones we've had, until you go to CE, which is the bolt-on, mm. that's when they get the gloss. But the neck is sat in, so you'd tell straight away. Mm. Um, the big thing has always been cosmetic, isn't it? With the standards and customs. Yeah. So, you know, the one thing that when people ask, oh, what, what is it? This, what's the difference? You point out the obvious thing. So it's plastic bound as opposed to maple bound. Mm. It's a plain top as opposed to a flame top. It's little things like that. But listening to them. Mm. It's actually a really good training device for us, you know, to do this kind of blind testing because, you know, especially when you land on, you know, what should be, you know, quotation marks, the right um, the right um, answers and decisions, you know, so like this, for the double cutaways, you know, I I could tell, you know, audibly and, um, you know, to feel that that was, you know, significantly better guitar than... Um, the one before. Than the one before. It. Yeah. And to do it blindfolded gives you all the reasons, you know, why you think that is the... Why you think that's the correct decision? Um, which is handy for you know when you're telling people, so you know, doing things like feeling the, you know the sharpness of the frets or um, you know the comfort of the of the, the neck and you know, mm -hmm. nut and all that kind of thing. It's uh, yeah, it's quite a handy thing to do, I think. So for listeners that are customers, if you're ever stuck between some guitars, just say, "Can we pop the blindfold on?" We'll happily. Uh, Cap, cap or a t-shirt to your head like Andrew just had. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you can go by feel alone. So yeah, that was our fun little test. Very good. Are you ready? Can we do wine next week? <laughs> we blind <laughs> test wine. Tom Top 5. Tom Top 5. Tom Top 5. This week's Tom Top 5 is the greatest ever cover versions. Oh, I like this. Nice. Mm. Number five, The Man Who Sold the World by David Bowie. Yeah. Covered by? Well, it's a couple. Lulu? I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Lulu. Nirvana. Nirvana, yeah. It was an amazing cover. Yeah. It's amazing in that um, in that Unplugged album, how many songs are covers that they did. Right. Because, you know, Jesus Don't Want Me For Sunbeam and... Um, it was it was a MTV thing, wasn't it? So it was MTV Unplugged, and yes. then they released the album. That's right. Yeah. So um, they did a couple of songs with the Meat Puppets, and then the last one was a, a Lead Belly song, right? Which My Girl, isn't it? Which is brilliant. Yeah. But it goes to show that you know songs are part of it, but. You know, it's the artist's interpretation. It's quite an unexpected song for them to do, Man Who Sold the World. Yeah, really is. Bowie was quite surprised that they did it. Really? And he was delighted about it as well. I bet he was. Do you like Nirvana? Yeah. Yeah. Funny enough, it's one of the bands that my dad really liked as well. And my dad. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. That Unplugged album, anybody can get into that. And I defy anybody to say it's not, you know, just an amazing album. Yeah. How long ago? How long before he died was it recorded? Because I think it was, it was, it was ninety three that they did the MTV thing, so it wasn't long. 
I think they released it after he died, didn't they? Um, I watched the Lulu uh, one today. It's actually quite good. It's a good cover. The Lulu one is a good cover. Yeah, yeah. And um, I read a comment underneath, and uh, this is a comment. Bowie played sax, sings backing vocals, and was shagging her at the time. <laughs> Bravo. <laughs> I did not endorse this comment. I just repeat it. Uh, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> Number four, Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. Oh. Covered by... Ad nauseum. Jeff Buckley. Yeah, and... and Alexandra Burke. And, yeah, Rufus Wainwright. Yeah. Katie Lang. Mm. I, I was actually, I was going to play a little game, so we'll go back to number five, Menace of the World. Do you prefer the original or the cover? Don't even ask me that question. I prefer the cover. I prefer the original. And I, I prefer Lulu's. There we are, that's, that's all three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Hallelujah, do you prefer the original or the cover? Which is interesting because... Their voices are so different. Yeah. I really like the guitar sound in Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. Yeah. I think it's just, it's, um, it's and, a, and an voice, amazing His voice is amazing sound. as well. Yeah. I prefer the Leonard Cohen one. I prefer the Leonard Cohen one. Yeah, I think that there's the unpolished kind of, you, you believe the words a lot more, I think. It's it's like the fact that there's a melody associated with it, with it is almost an afterthought. You know, it's, you can always hear his heart coming through it, I think. So. Yeah, and I think it's, it's songs like that and the other song that I think of in that style, that it changes the complete thing of the song, mm. is Perfect Day. Because you remember they yeah. did, there was that big and co- actually, comic relief one. Uh, is that part of the... Is that what you know? Right. Uh, the BBC version's brilliant. Is that the comic relief one? Yeah. Oh, was it comic relief? Something like that, wasn't it? Or was Children in Need. Or Children, thing. yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was just an advert thing, I think. Yeah, But... I, you know, I prefer because you have got so many different artists doing it, you know, and they've all, I wouldn't, they must have all sung the song from start to finish, I think, and they just selected the the lines. Probably. But it's that, and it completely changes the whole thing of the song. Yeah. The whole feel of the song and, and the, the, the meaning of the song. Because you get, you know, you get somebody singing the line and it sounds you think, oh, that's amazing. Then you get somebody else singing the next time. You think, oh, what a dick. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I thought that was good. Number three. Yeah. Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Covered by Johnny Cash. I don't know the Nine Inch Nails version, so I'd have to say um, the Johnny Cash version. But, you know, the marriage of words... Yeah, you know the the tune and the image is that the you see yeah. how you can't like that. You know, is beyond me. It won the best Grammy for video. I I think it's a I think the cover is better than the original. I think so too, but I think the original is great. Yeah, yeah. Number two, All Along the Watchtower by Bob Dylan, covered by Hendrix, Jimi Hendrix Experience. I've never liked the song. You know, I, I, I'm not a big fan of the song. Um, the redeeming part of the song is the guitar solo, mm-hmm. like Jimi Hendrix. So I'd say the Jimi Hendrix because of the guitar solo, but I don't like the song. I, I, I growing up, I always knew it as a Hendrix song. Mm. Um, I have an interesting ones where people know more famously for the yeah cover version. Yeah, um, I, I, I have heard the Dylan one, but yeah. Yeah, like you is the guitar mm-hmm. work, and it's. And I agree, Jimi Hendrix. 
Number one, Respect by Otis Redding, covered by Aretha Franklin. Exactly the same as the last one. Everyone knows the yeah. Aretha version. Yeah. So, and Aretha, you know, is just brilliant. If not the best voice ever, certainly very close to. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Otis Redding recorded it in 1965. It was a hit for Aretha in 1967. Yeah. So it wasn't long after. No. Some honourable mentions. Have you got any honourable mentions? Or? Um, I think Knocking on Heaven's Door. Yeah, that was, that, that's, that's one we had on the list, yeah. So that's Dylan, but also you got the Guns N' Roses yeah. one, Double Neck, and yeah. you know, the, everything that goes with you know the excessive kind of thing, that the excessive thing that Guns N' Roses does, but um, the Clapton version, mm. which is kind of reggae-ish, isn't it? Yeah. It's offbeat and it's, you know, that's pants. But it's amazing how an interpretation of a song can be. Yeah. The list goes on and on and on. Yeah. But in our world, there are only five. And it's Tom's top five. Top, top five. Boom, boom, boom. Social media comment of the week. Social media comment of the week. This week? Yep, I can see, and I'm so happy that it's nothing to do with me. It's a... <laughs> I saw it, and it did make me laugh, and then it made me worry a little bit, and then it just made me laugh as soon as I realised that we'd sold more or less all the tickets, you know, and he couldn't back out. <laughs> so, um, Tom created a graphic for to promote the Jared James Nichols evening. Yeah. And I think it's done very, very nicely. But looking at it, it's in like a... The font is maybe a little bit mournful. Yeah, I have a big problem with fonts. Yeah. Firstly, I hate scrolling through them all. Yeah. And I can never find them. <laughs> so whatever's closest to the top, <laughs> it's safe to say that... Yeah. Don't look past the area. Anyway, um, explain what it is first. So it's got... Um, Jared, it, the font is quite mournful, like I say, you know, almost... Um, You'd see it on the obituary of a... You'd, you'd see yeah. it on a gravestone. <laughs> you would. Yeah, look, it's, look yeah, it's, it's, done. it's it not chiselled. Yeah, it's not spooky. No. It's just... It's just... It's uh, got, classy. It's got, it's got Jared James Nichols um, washed in like a halo of of light. With his head up to the With sky. His head up, re- up. Ready to ascend. Yeah. And it's got a date underneath, which... Quite rightly, somebody pointed out uh, his name was Gibson Gaz on uh, Instagram, and he said, "I thought this was an obituary due to the date format." Phew. <laughs> and I looked at it. And I thought, that "Looks like an obituary." It does it looks like we haven't even written clinic or anything? No, <laughs> <laughs> we've literally just written his name, a date, but and our logo. Is this a format thing where you're supposed to do the date a certain way? Well, for dead people. Well, no, I because don't know, but it, it does look because he can't have died in the future. No, but you know, it's on. It, it's quite a dark image, apart from the light that's shining on him, and he's looking up, and you know, it does look like this might be his final show. <laughs> no, in actual fact, you know, if anything, has taught us that if something happens to a guitarist that we like, we want to put up a um, post. We know the exact font. Post, to use. We know the exact font and format to use. <laughs> And we know the man to do it. Yeah. Same font as all the rest. Of 
good news though that we we really do need to hammer home is that Jad James Nichols is not dead and he is going to be appearing live at A Strings on the thirty first of May two thousand nineteen. Be there. So that is it for episode fifteen. So I've been Adam. I've been Tom. I'm Andrew. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to YouTube. You know what to do. Be there and do it. Leave a comment on any of the platforms that you might be listening to this on and let us know what you think about our Roland Boss dilemma. Make an educated suggestion, please. <laughs> With everyone's best interests. Everyone's best interests, yeah. And that is it. Mm. So we'll be here... Next week for episode 16. Sweet 16. Sweet 16, but there'll be and nothing never sweet. Been Speak for yourself. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.